hustlers, road players, tournament champions. Hear the stories, get their advice, learn about their lives. Our host, Joey Ryan, brings you an inside look at the professional pool player. You're listening to the Pool Player Podcast, brought to you by Pool Scene 365. Hey guys, Joey Ryan, Pool Player Podcast. Thanks so much for your support for the podcast. I really appreciate it. And speaking of which, I have two new patrons that I want to give a shout out to and thank them for their support. Uh, Dag Torbjorkson is one who's now a patron and contributing through Patreon. And Jeremy Hart, thank you guys both so much. Uh, what that allows is for me to then take that money and reinvest it in the podcast with new equipment, software, things to get better training, etc. Because I'm constantly trying to give you guys the best that I can. Now, I had promised you guys that once I got up to 2,500 subscribers, I would raffle off a QTech Propel Jump Cue, and I fully intend to do that. However, I thought I could just download my YouTube subscribers, do a random draw, and pick a winner. Well, you can't download all your subscribers. No way to do it. So the best way to do it is actually through the comments in a video. So not this video, but later today or tomorrow, I'm going to release a video uh, with a professional player and I'm going to have you guys comment on that video. So you have to make sure that you like it, make sure that you're uh, subscribed already and comment on that video. And I'm going to let that run for about a week and then I'm going to randomly pick a comment from that video and that person will win the Propel Jump Cue. And I'll try to go live and kind of show you that as well. Also, don't forget, uh, live show starting this Tuesday with my buddy Mark White over in the UK. It's called The Booth Brothers. And we're going to be bringing to you all kinds of humor and fun stuff from the world of pool. So make sure to check that out. Finally, today's episode, I need to apologize to the guests on this episode. These guys were great in meeting with me. I was not great in getting their episode out in a timely manner, so I do apologize. Uh, I just got busy, and as you guys know, I prioritize the pro interviews over the industry edition. Uh, that said, the three guys I had with me on this interview are excellent. We have Craig Lucas, the owner of Snookered in Frisco, Texas. We have Doc Reyes, who runs the Dallas-Fort Worth Nine Ball Tour. I think that's sponsored by QTech. And Isaac Wooten, who created the software at digitalpool.com. And so you get an interesting perspective where you see the developer, the room owner, and the tour director, and how all that plays together. And this also includes a product demonstration of digitalpool.com. So if you're a tournament director out there, if you run leagues, if uh, you're into live streaming, they got future plans for that, you're going to want to check out this episode. So without further ado, here's the three guys from Frisco, Texas. Hey, guys from Digital Pool. How's it going? Good. How are you? Great. Yeah, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining. And, you know, I'm so interested to find out more about digitalpool.com. And so Isaac, Craig, and Doc... Thanks so much. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Let people know kind of what your background is with pool and uh, just have at it. Okay, I guess I'll go first. Uh, my name is Isaac. I'm a software developer. I work at Google during the day, but by nighttime, I enjoy playing pool and building tools to make pool better. Um, so that's pretty much been my focus the last couple of years is like taking what I know from playing the game and like running leagues and teams and um, being part of tournaments and like taking what I know from the software world and applying it and trying to figure out, you know, how can we solve a lot of the problems that currently exists uh, with like running tournaments, running leagues, connecting players, uh, streaming matches, playing matches. So pretty much anything and everything related to pool. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to make it better. Yeah. Uh, my background, I guess like most people know me from working at OBQs. I worked for them for 12 years. Uh, was real good friends with Royce. Uh, also have a memorial tournament for him every year. Also run the DCA Pool Leagues, Dallas Eight Ball League here in North Dallas or North Texas. And then also uh, the tournament director of the DFW Nine Ball Tour. That's my role as part of the 
part of the committee that runs the tour. So, but awesome. Yeah. I've heard good things about that tour, by the way. Thanks. Yeah. We've been, we got a big group that gets together that helps out. Uh, there's like nine of us that, that do it. It's three guys, three, four guys that really uh, kind of head up the committee. And then we have sub committee members to kind of help out at the events and stuff and kind of coordinate, you know, organizing the whole thing. So. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. How about, how about you, Craig? Yeah. So uh, I've, you know, been around pool for about um, probably 10 or 15 years now. I was actually um, got into it because of my wife. Um, we, we met at a pool hall while well, I saw her at a pool hall and that got me going back to the pool hall um, a, a lot more often. Um, and we reconnected after probably 10 years of not seeing each other. And, um, you know, she got me into leagues and, and that, you know, I, I kind of have a, you know, kind of an addictive personality. So I was into golf. I was into, you know, so I'm, I'm also a software developer. I own a software company. And um, so I, I've just been in, in competitive things, you know, my whole life. And, and so when I got into, she got me into pool, I started watching YouTube videos on, you know, how to shoot better, play pattern play, things like that. I've, I've watched all those videos on YouTube and, you know, I've, uh, both of us have, our games have increased since meeting each other. And so we, we were kind of just a great pair. And, and uh, eventually we, we moved to Texas and um, uh, found that the place that we played pool at, um, it was kind of far and we, we felt like it, th there was a need for, for a, a, better, uh, a better pool hall in the area that we lived at. And there really wasn't a pool hall anywhere in Frisco. And Frisco is kind of one of the fastest growing cities in 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 the country actually and there's no pool hall here so we we thought you know what better than than for us to start a pool hall and and um you know build build a place to run uh leagues and tournaments out of um so that's kind of how we got started in pool here was uh, we opened about a year almost two years ago now yeah tell us the name of the place and you know yeah so it's called uh, snookered uh billiards and bar um, we've got, uh, 12, seven foot diamond tables, all brand new, um, two nine foot diamond tables, uh, pretty much brand new. Um, we've got about 7,500 square feet here. We're, we're also a, uh, like a craft bar and kitchen. So all of our, all of our food is from scratch. Um, so we, you know, one of our, um, design elements was we wanted we didn't want the just your standard pool hall food. We wanted some craft food that you can't get anywhere else. And um, and so yeah, so our kitchen's been a scratch kitchen from from when we opened. Um, we we have you know bartending staff that specialize in high end cocktails and mixed drinks and things. So um, that's that's pretty much what we are. Yeah, I think it's so interesting that you got a wife that brought you to pool and a lot of people, their wives take them away from pool. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least that's been my experience. <laughs> but uh, no, I've heard some really good things about your room. In fact, I want to say that between the Shane and Dennis match and the Texas Open that a lot of the players stopped into your room on the way down there and they had good things to say about it. Yeah, that was a... Uh kind of a perfect, perfect storm of, of events that happened uh, at that time because it was lead, right leading up to the Moscone Cup. Um, it was, you know, there was the Texas Open. There was that Shane match. There was a lot of pool action going on that time, of, you know, that time of year. And it, it all worked out in, in a way where the entire Moscone Cup team was here on, on a night that were normally closed. So we held a private event. Um, where, you know, it was kind of invite only. And uh, we had the entire team here. Um, we, we had kind of an exhibition match, doubles match between Sky and Billy and, and uh, JP Kinman and Jeff Franklin. Um, so they, uh, they played a, a race to 24 or something, but we had, we had Shane here, Chris uh, Robinson, um, Sky and Billy, and, you know, Jeremy Jones showed up. Um, I think the only player we were missing was uh, was Bergman, um, and he ended up not not traveling with the team. But um, 
yeah, it was, it was a great time and, you know, great exposure for us. And it was awesome to have all the players here and interact with, with uh, you know, some of the best players in the world. Uh, do you have any uh, Facebook pages or anything like that where people can connect with your room? Uh, I know I travel to the area quite a bit. My day job, I actually sell software, guys. So <laughs> maybe we can partner one day. Uh, but I travel to Texas is in my territory. So I travel to the area quite a bit. And I actually spent some time in Frisco. And so how do folks get connected with you over there, Craig? Uh, really just our, our Facebook page. Um, at it's facebook.com slash snooker billiards and, uh, and our website, snookerbilliards.com. Um, but you can look us up on Google maps, uh, any one of those places where we'll direct you to our, to our venue. So let's talk about digitalpool.com. I've seen it. I've taken a peek at it. It looks super clean and, I seem, you know, I think it's going to be something really cool for pools. So Isaac, why don't you tell us what it's all about and kind of where it came from, where the idea, where you guys thought it up, was it written on a napkin? What was it? Yeah, good question. Uh, I mean, it's really kind of an idea that started maybe about 10 years ago, um, playing in leagues and running teams and stuff. Uh, like my biggest sort of gripe with playing in leagues was like scoring and paper score sheets and no one wanted to keep score and it was always a pain to teach people how to keep score and so I was just determined to like solve that problem so uh, I think an earlier version of this was basically an app that pretty much let you like score an entire APA nine ball match uh, with all the innings and you know each ball counted and safeties and you know all the things and it would actually generate the APA score sheet like oh, really that's awesome. <laughs> I pitched it to the owners of the APA. And at the time they were like, well, you know, this is like way too far ahead. Like we're not even there yet. You know, we don't even have phones. Most of our people don't use smartphones. This was 10 years ago, like 2010. And uh, so I was like, okay, you know, I guess it's just too uh, ahead of its time. So I kind of shelved it, but you know, that got me thinking like, well, maybe there's some other things that uh, I could explore. And, uh, <clears throat> that got me thinking like, you know, th there's a bunch of audiences in the pool world that are all well, you know, deeply connected. There's the players, there's the tournament directors, there's the pool room owners, there's the business owners, um, operators, and they all have problems with, you know, what they're trying to do related to pool. So I was like, as a software developer, I'm always thinking like, how can I solve those problems using technology? Right. Um, so that's kind of where the idea for this was born was, being able to like, you know, leverage technology, whatever that is to make those people's lives easier and also connect them. So that's pretty much what digital pooled is, is it's basically like kind of like a social network with some software built in. So everybody can like join the same platform and then play in tournaments, find tournaments, you know, create leagues, create tournaments uh, and connect with each other and just have like one account. And I guess the goal would be to get, you know, a bunch of people like creating leagues, joining leagues, creating tournaments, um, live streaming through it. And there's just one place that they have to go and they could use whatever other platforms like Facebook or YouTube or whatever. We're not trying to like replace all that. It's mainly just like, how can we centralize it? So as more people add things to it, it just gets better and better. Um, and we pretty much decided to start with the tournament uh, management portion because it's really hard to like run any kind of a tournament let alone like big tournaments and so that was kind of the first goal is how can we really like automate that and my goal is like to help doc pretty much just be able to sit back and watch the tournament run itself and then be there to like answer questions or solve like a rule dispute but my goal would be like you know let him play in the tournament that he's running and if there's an issue, like maybe then you'd have to step away and take care of it, but not have to be sitting behind a desk for 16 hours a day and having players come up saying, you know, when is my next match? And here's my score. And, you know, there's a lot of work involved and it's not just Doc. I mean, he's got a bunch of other people helping him too. Um, and then, you know, for Craig, some of the goals would be like, as a room owner, how can I make the tournament run more efficiently so he can open up tables for his customers much sooner and then he has, you know, can't, uh, 
TVs and cameras mounted around the room. So why can't we show like digital scoreboards of all the tables and like live scoring as all the matches are going on and show like the brackets. And so people can like always kind of know like who's playing and make it more of like a spectator sport. Yeah. Uh, people just sitting around like waiting for their name to be called and they can't play on a table and they're bored. And um, so, I mean, like the instant mess or not instant, um, text messaging was one of the early features that we wanted to incorporate into the app. So if people just give us their phone number, we can notify them when they're about to play and on what table and who and what their match uh, race is going to be. And so that just like speeds everything up. And then if people want to go across the street or they want to go eat or whatever, they can do that and not have to worry about like being, you know, knocked out of the tournament or forfeited because they weren't there when their name was called. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. And I can already think of a handful of tournament directors I wish had this (laughs) because I'm sitting there and it's getting to be midnight and there's five open tables and they're not calling matches because they're outside smoking or whatever. And I'm like, we got to run this thing, man. Let's go. Let's go. And so that's the first thing that comes to mind. The second thing from running a few tournaments myself I can tell you that probably the hardest thing in the world to do is win a tournament that you're running. Because like you said, people are constantly coming to you with complaints or this, or when do I play or what's going on or tell me this and uh, what does third place pay? You know, so there's all these questions. And so you're, you have to maintain your focus to play while at the same time fielding all these questions coming in. And so I I think that sounds pretty cool. And yeah, doc, you could probably give some insight onto that one, right? Sure. I mean, it's, it, it's so great working with Isaac. I mean, I, I, we used to have a, another software we were using for, and, you know, there was some questions I had and wanted to, uh, you know, see how to fix this or do this and, and just no response or, uh, and so with Isaac, it's just like, I message him say, hey, what can we do? Can we do this? Or I come up with an idea and you know he, he's right on it and gets gets it going really quickly. So um, certainly we've come a long way since the first event we did, and it's just because he, he's so easy to work with and and really open-minded about any ideas. And and uh, he spent some time with me at the desk and actually saw, you know, what kind of questions I'm having to field and and what can we do in the software to kind of help with those and just kind of you know minimize those toward just a few of those those questions, you know, just, you know, simple things like how long am I mat until my next match, you know, uh, how many t- people are left in the tournament, which, you know, there's all these questions if I had a nickel for, you know, every time yeah. I've got it. And it's just like, and it's, and some are just so vague and it's like, well, it's kind of hard to say. And, and he's actually found a ways to kind of answer those questions, uh, you know, quickly, you know, at a click of a button and say, okay, yeah, this is, you know, answers to your question, you know, this is how many people are left. Um, this is, you know, the estimated time that, you know, would be coming up um, and things like that. So it's just really, really great, you know, working with them and, and having somebody right in your backyard to kind of kind of help develop this and really make it a, a good experience for the term directors, the players, homerooms and everybody. It's, it's, it's really, really going to be neat. So, Doc, you're using this right now for your tournaments, correct? Yes, yeah. And so what's the impact been for you? Is it, you know, like, are you finding that you have more free time during the tournament or more time to focus on more important things? Yeah, I mean, there was, with the other software, in just one example is the, like, table assignments and things like that. Like you're talking about, we have all these tables available. Well, this software makes it easy where you know what's available and what's not available. It's a drop-down menu. You just say, okay, these are the tables going. Because uh, a lot of times with the other ones, you don't know, you're, especially if you're on the other side of the room, you can't see what's going on, you know, what's, you know, what's table is not being used. Yeah. It's all right there in the software in front of you in the screen. And that has been a huge thing because before I was having to have a spreadsheet, put these matches in the spreadsheet. When I had a deal, I had, you know, a table come up, I'd delete the table and then put it back in. It was just... Yeah. There was no way I had time. I had barely any time to, to announce the matches, let alone try to walk away from the desk and, 
and get a bathroom break sometimes. It was just yeah, or go to call a hit, and then by the time you get back, you're already so far behind, you're digging out. If I had a nickel for every time that I got called to a table for my match, and I get there, and there's somebody already playing, and they're like, "We just started," you know, and and so that that kind of speaks to I think one of the problems that this solves for you guys. Absolutely, yeah, it makes it very very convenient, nice, uh, and keeps. It really speeds the tournament up because you, like you said, you don't have tables just sitting there. Oh well, you know, because when it when a table comes up, it actually pops up on the screen and says, "Hey, this match is available. The table's available." You hit the button and assign it. If it's two tables, you hit the one button and it assigns both the tables, and sends out a text message to the players and uh, gets them going. You know, or whatever before you even have to make the announcement. So, so Doc, I you know, I'm sure you're probably pretty. Uh, proficient with technology, but I know there's a lot of tournament directors out there that are maybe new to it. Maybe they're still doing handwritten brackets. Talk to about talk to us about the user friendliness. Is it pretty easy to learn? Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. It's just it's there's a lot of um, as far as even like signups and things like that. You can do all your signups in the spreadsheet. You know, mark everybody paid off, and then all all you gotta do is import that into the into the software and it makes it so much easier, you know, adding, removing players. Um, and it, it's way easier than the paper thing. I, I keep on trying to get some of these folks that are to see the light and say, Hey, you know, this is the, there's a way better way to do it and keep up with, you know, who paid, you know, entering Fargo's and, and it's just really, really convenient. Yeah. I'm curious to hear from Craig about the impact that it's had for his room. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the last few tournaments we've run here, the, the doc has run here, have gone extremely well. Um, we couldn't ask for a better experience now, and, and they've gotten progressively better because the software helps run these tournaments so much faster. Um, so from from a, a bar owner experience, um, you know, these tournaments have anywhere from because of COVID, we've reduced, we've limited some of the events to the number of players, but they can go up to 128 players, but uh, for COVID, they've been around 64 to 75 players. Um, they started about not, uh, 10 o'clock in the morning, and the first day is able to finish by about seven o'clock, yeah. 7 p.m. And then they, so they play down to 16 players, and then they come back the next day and and do the final 16. And so that's huge for us because. You know, these things run on a Saturday night and our biggest night sales wise is you know Friday and Saturday night. And if we have to close down the bar for all of Saturday, all through two o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, just for tournament players, you know, we end, we end up losing money because um, you're, you're really just left with hardcore pool players playing in matches until two o'clock in the morning. And you're having to turn away customers that are coming in for date nights and parties and you know large parties and stuff that are looking to spend a lot of money and so turning those players away is is hard as a bar owner or turning those those customers away as a bar owner is hard because you're like man i know those people were coming in to spend a bunch of money and now they may not i don't know if they're going to come back or not but now that you know we can get these tournaments over with by seven o'clock on saturday that allows that that second wave of of uh, date night crowds and you know um higher end customers that are just looking to have a good time on a Saturday night and spend a bunch of money, you know, with drinks and food. Um, so we're, we're able to capture both markets at the same time. And I think that would be huge for any, um, any pool venue that's, that's running tournaments is having the confidence that, you know, I, I don't know if it's been mentioned yet that software um, predicts how long the entire tournament will take. And so we're constantly running um, estimates on like this Michael Mem um, Montgomery Memorial, how long will a 16 player event where they're racing to nine and they're playing 10 ball and, um, and you have eight tables available, how long will that take? Well, the, the software calculates, runs projections on how long that will take. And we found it to be actually really accurate and to the point where, um, other tournaments have run and I've run projections on it. And then I contact a tournament director and say, how long, how long did your tournament take to run? And then I compare it to what I 
what I projected in the software for it to run. And it's, it's been almost dead on like within an hour, you know, if, if the tournament ran for 16 hours, the projection was like 15 or 16 or 17 hours somewhere in that window. And so that, that's another huge fa uh, benefit as well to, to be able to project how long the tournament's going to take in advance. So we can, we can plan staffing um, for that, knowing that the tournament's going to run until, you know, eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. So we can start cutting staff once it's over, or we can plan to bring in more staff for, uh, for the overlap between regular customers and tournament customers. So, I mean, the, the benefits have been huge. And I, you know, honestly, I can't think it could run any better unless the software could run it with the tournament itself. <laughs> that is possible. It, it, and I would love to get there. I would love to run Monday through Wednesday or Monday through Friday, you know, tournaments here and not even have to have a tournament director on site where the, you know, you just, we just create the tournament at, as the venue and it just runs itself. People can use their phones to, to sign up for it. And it really just runs itself. And the only reason you need somebody on site is for rule disputes and, you know, watch a shot or something like that. Um, but, you know, I think that's coming. So uh, it's, it's more of, are the players ready for it? Yeah. I think that, that, I think that time estimate thing is huge because I know players will complain if the tournament goes on till two in the morning, but what they'll complain more about is getting called in at 9 AM the next day to come and start a match. And then the tournament ends at 7 PM. And they're like, why the heck did I have to wait? I'm a pool player. I don't get out of bed till 11 AM, you know? And so the fact that you can plan that out and know, Hey, look, my customers are coming in at eight o'clock. You know, I want this tournament on Saturday to be wrapped up by eight o'clock. So I need to bring them in at 1030. We're going to start the matches. I mean, to me, that's huge. And I love the order and organization to that, uh, to where you can use that to predict. I think that's great. So we've, we've talked a lot about it and folks haven't really seen it. So why don't we go into a demonstration of it? And we'll go ahead and, and share a screen here and Isaac will take us through how it actually works. And then we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Um, so this is the digitalpool.com uh, homepage. It's free to use. We don't really charge anything. You know, we're still trying to work out all the bugs. It's a work in progress. So, you know, if anybody has ideas or thoughts and wants to help or contribute, uh, I'm all ears. Um, so anyways, you sign up, create an account, really easy. Um, this is sort of your homepage that we're kind of working on, but the part that we're all talking about that I want to focus on is the tournaments. Um, so there is a public tournament page that shows all the tournaments that we've been running over the past year. And you can pretty much dive into any one of them and see the overview of the tournament. Uh, these are all completed tournaments, so you can see all the standings, you know, exactly how many players there were, uh, the stats. Um, you can also look at the brackets. I mean, this is an example of a completed one, but I'll take you through a new one. Um, so you can see this one had, you know, quite a few players. The thing when I saw this that I was most impressed with are just how clean these brackets are. There's a lot of other software that I've seen out there where it's just not as appealing to the eye. And I think you guys did a great job of capturing that here. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, that was all due to the feedback from Craig and Doc working together to figure out like, you know, what is the minimum amount of information that we need to show on the bracket? Uh, I mean, we even have stuff like switching to the last 16. Uh, so you don't have to scroll through the entire bracket. We're working on things like collapsing the buy rounds. And so trying to really reduce the bracket as much as we can uh, so you don't have to, you know, scroll through the whole thing. Uh, there's a way to like search for players. If the tournament's actually running, you can search for any player name. It'll like scroll right to the player. So yeah, the bracket is definitely like a, a key feature um, for making this whole thing efficient. So, and so uh, before before you go on, Isaac, if I'm a tournament director today, I can get access to this for free and start using this tonight. Yeah, you can. It, it's free for anyone to sign up. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a work in progress. I'm not charging anything, even like the text messaging is free. Uh, so I would encourage people to go in there, try it. Um, if you run into bugs or issues, like, please reach out to me. I'm pretty responsive in fixing those things. 
And I really just want to make this as good as I can for just about everyone. I know there's other tournament software out there. Uh, some of them are free. Some of them charge money. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy if people use those. I'm not trying to tell everybody to use this, but um, I think we have a pretty big vision and the tournament piece is just a part of that vision. So uh, I would love it to have other people try it out and give feedback and work together to help make tournaments run more efficiently. So kind of moving on, um, there's a couple other different views. Uh, there's like a schedule view in this one. You can pretty much see the order of all the matches that have been completed. Um, I'll show you kind of a different view of it when you're actually running the tournament. This is a completed tournament. Um, same with the matches. If you want to see like by round exactly like what the order of the matches was, what table they were on, who played, what their score was, you can go all the way down to like the final matches. Um, then there's the live scoring, which in here, there's no tables in use because the tournament's completed, but I'll show you that in a second. And then there's all the statistics. So that's like a pretty key feature. People want to know, you know, what was my record? How many games did I win and lose? Like, how did I stack up? Um, so you can basically see all the statistics and you can sort by uh, match records and win loss ratio. And you can even add like points and stuff. Uh, the um, DFW nine ball tour has a point system. So we've built in the ability to support uh, points. If you'd like to assign those, like based on the place a player gets, they'll be assigned a number of points. Um, so that's pretty much it for the like public view. If you want to actually build a tournament, then you would go to the tournament builder and you can basically just create a new tournament, uh, give it a new name. And then fill in a couple fields, choose, you know, the dates. Uh, we have venues in here and you can add other venues. So we're hoping to build like a huge library of basically pool rooms and bars and places where the tournaments happen. Um, so we can choose Frisco or Snookered in Frisco because it's already in here. Um, there's different types of tournaments, obviously. So you can choose whichever one you want. Um, right now we support double elimination tournaments since that's pretty much the hardest ones to run. Um, but we're working on like single elimination, round robin, multi-stage. Um, there's a bunch of different formats. Um, choose what game you're playing. Um, you can pick your races on like the winner side and the loser side. Uh, and then you would wanna pick your bracket size. And I'll just pick 32 to show you that it's smart enough to like change that if uh, the amount of players that sign up happens to be less it can auto adjust itself nice and then there's some advanced settings in here like we support uh, fargo ratings we're, we're working with uh, mike cage and steve Ernst from fargo rate um, so they're basically importing all the scores from every tournament into fargo rate system um, so every player that plays in a tournament that uses our software can benefit from having their ratings updated and then you can put other things like uh, the break format, the rules being used, if there's an entry fee, any kind of added money. So there's some other uh, extra fields that you don't have to fill out, but you can if you want. Um, and then the text messaging. So you'd, you'd want to say yes to that. It's disabled by default because it does cost me some money right now. But um, if you want to enable that, you just have to get people's phone numbers and then it'll send them a message when their table has been assigned. Um, and then you can make it public or private. If you don't want people to, to see it in that other tournament view that I showed you, you can just mark it as private. We'll go ahead and make it public for this hey, demonstration. Isaac, does it calculate uh, or give you some samples of the payouts or is that separate right now? The payouts you can control separately. So I'll, I can show you how that works. Um, but uh, by default, like you would just put in the entry fee and then you would be able to go in and manually put in like how much the first place person gets and the second place person gets all the way down. Gotcha. So I'll show you how that works. Um, and then as far as adding players, uh, this is where we've done a lot of work to make this efficient. So um, we've got a couple like sample spreadsheets for the different size of tournaments. And you can basically just click on those to download it. And then Doc will make uh, edits to that spreadsheet, for example, and then it'll work in Excel or Google Sheets, um, pretty much anything that can open like a CSV file. And so then you can just basically select the spreadsheet, click import, and then bam, like now all the players are imported from the spreadsheet and they have 
you know, whatever information you put in there, phone numbers, emails, uh, their skill level, if you have like a handicap system, what race they need to go to, pretty much all the data you would need uh, to actually start the tournament. And so then you can just go in and preview the brackets and make sure that it looks good. And it, it does a random seating. Uh, so it just doesn't have any um, particular order. It just kind of picks at random and assigns people. And uh, it'll show you kind of here's exactly what the bracket will look like. So then, let me uh, stop you real quick. When you go from the previous step of the spreadsheet to this step right here with the bracket, what you're saying is at that point, it basically does the random draw for you. It does, yeah. Um, so so this... any any questions? Because I know that's a big complaint about tournaments, right? Is you know the draw. You know, is it a truly random draw? You know, or I'm just curious. Uh, at that point, once you hit that spreadsheet, hit that button, and it creates this preview of the bracket, that's your random draw right there. Correct? Yeah, this is the random draw. I mean, there is a way in the software to say like make it draw according to the player order that you have in the spreadsheet. If you want it to be seeded like a certain way or, or based on the order that you put in, okay. but by default, we just randomize it and use an algorithm to make sure that uh, it's as random as, as we could possibly make it. And then this is what you see here. Gotcha. I like it. So if you're happy with that, then you basically go to the step where you add your tables. And in here, we've made it so you can add, you know, tables one at a time. Uh, you can add a bunch of tables all at once if you just have like numbers of the tables and you can select the manufacturer and the size, or you can import them from a venue. Um, so Snookered already has 14 tables in the venue. So we just make that easy to import all those. So now I've got uh, my tables imported that are available to use. And then I can basically go to the review screen. And this is where some of the time projection stuff that we talked about comes in. So you can review all of your settings for the tournament, make sure everything looks good. And then over here, you can see like, okay, there's you know 16 players that have signed up for the tournament or that are gonna be confirmed for this tournament and show you the bracket size, like how many rounds are gonna, it's gonna take, how many total matches there's gonna be if there's any buys, in this case, there's no buys. Um, so basically some statistics about the tournament itself that are helpful. And then down here, it'll show you like um, the average time per game. Uh, that's more of a manual calculation right now, but we're working on automating that based on past data. And then you can estimate the time for the winner side matches to complete and then the loser side matches to complete. Um, and then the total tournament. So in this case, uh, we're thinking it's going to be around 1.8 days for one table. Uh, but if you have like 14 tables, then it'll be about three hours. Hmm. Um, so you get a, a bunch of different projections in here based on like however many tables you have at your venue. And we use that to try to estimate, you know, okay, how many tables do we really need to use? And maybe we'll use all of them for the first two rounds and then we'll reduce it down to half like the third round. So these projections do come in handy when you're trying to plan out the tournament. Nice. And then when you're happy with that, you basically go to the bracket. So then this is sort of the interface to actually run the tournament. Um, and it hasn't started yet. So you actually have to like click the turn start tournament bu button. This will start the clock and then uh, you'll see over here that it's basically given me a bunch of matches uh, that are on deck, so to speak. And when I want to actually start assigning those, I can just click this button. And then now all these matches have been assigned uh, to the open tables. And it'll send out text messages to those players to go to that table. And then to score, it's pretty easy. You can just click on a match and either enter the score or you can use this uh, little up down arrow and most players will come up and like report the score, but we're working on a way for them to be able to score their own matches using a mobile app that we're developing. So they'll be able to actually update like per game um, what their score is. And then when it's done, it'll just uh, validate the, the matches completed and then it'll auto advance them in the bracket. But for now, uh, you know, Doc will take in their score when they're done it can hit save and then basically it advances them when the match is completed and it moves the loser down to the uh, lower bracket. 
and that's pretty much how the scoring works. Can uh, I ask a couple questions here, Isaac? Yeah, sure. So when you uh, when you release the tables for the matches, is there a way that you can ensure that one match of your choice, let's say, makes it to the feature table? Because I know that's something that tournament directors will do. They'll look at the lineup of matches coming up and they'll say, oh, Shane and Corey would be a good one to have on table number one. Can you make sure that that match goes to table number one or is it all completely random? Yeah, no, you can you can choose. Like you have the um, table assignments here. So I've got a few open tables that are available to me and I can pick any one of those tables and assign at any time. Even if a match has already been assigned, I can uh, update, I can just change the assignment. I can just quickly like remove the table assignment and go in and assign it to a different open table. And if they're getting the text updates, it would just send them a new text updating their table. Yeah, it'll, it'll send them a new text like, you know, your match is now on table five uh, against whoever. And then you would make your way over to that table. Um, as the director, you can also go into this view and like make tables open or close. If, if you don't want them to be used at all, like later on in the tournament, you can shut them down. So the system knows like, okay, there's no not 14 tables anymore. There's only nine or something like that. Um, you can also uh, make a table the streaming table. Um, so you can mark it as streaming. You can put in a URL for like YouTube or Facebook if you have an actual like live stream that's happening for like a feature table. And then when you do that, uh, it turns red. And now those tables are um, available to assign matches for the live stream. Um, so I, it'll say in here, like table nice. one is a live streaming table. I can update this match. Now it shows up in red and it has a little live stream button. And uh, I guess a cool feature is um, like, I'll update the score real quick. The, the scoring is all real time as well. So if people are looking at this on their other laptop or their phone and the score is updated, it'll automatically update without refreshing. So that's kind of nice. Um, and then for the streamers out there who are streaming the tournament and they have like a, a feature match, they can actually use our overlay. If, if you're using like the OBS software, um, you can basically just paste in the URL to this overlay into OBS and make it as a new layer. And then your scoring is all done basically. Like um, all you have to do is go in and basically update the score in the bracket. Uh, and then hit save and then it automatically updates in the scoring overlay and this background's transparent so this is where like your table and uh, sponsors wherever the video itself would go um, so we've made that pretty easy and we have a lot more planned for this too nice i like that a lot in fact you know if i get a, a match going and i want to stream that match i can just use your scoreboard rather than having to design my own or something like that with my obs software yeah, exactly. And um, eventually I'd like to have, you know, multiple templates and you can kind of pick and choose which one you like better and uh, make it a little, maybe there's like a, a scoreboard designer eventually. I don't know, but for now we just have one and it uh, works pretty well. So uh, we'll keep improving on that. I mean, there's some other stuff in here. You can see like how many players are left in the tournament. So that was kind of going back to Doc's uh, point earlier about one of the big questions we get is, you know, how many people are left? Uh, where am I at? So this kind of tells you as the tournament's going, people get eliminated. It'll show you like what place they got. Um, so there's some neat little features that we built in here. I mean, there's even other ways to like look at the bracket. If you want to look at more of a traditional bracket, um, that's like this left to right layout. You can totally do that if you want. Um, there's like a, a zoom and pan. So if you want to like actually zoom in and out, um, there's a way to do that. And that's, that's probably better on like mobile devices, especially if you have a big, like 128 player bracket. Um, so we've, we found that uh, most people like this kind of left to right view and just like scrolling. So that's kind of the default, but you're totally uh, open to change it. Looks really nice. And so am I to assume that this on a mobile device is simply you know, formatted for a mobile and not an actual native like iOS app or something like that? Yeah, so this uh, web view, um, if you pull it up on a phone, it's basically just the website optimized for a mobile device and it's responsive. There's still some tweaks we need to do to make it like really nice, but 
Um, we want the experience to be basically the same. So if, if Doc needs to like go outside or run somewhere, he doesn't have to like carry his computer with him. He can just pull it up on his phone, score matches all, you know, the same way. Um, and then the, the players can do the same if they want to see like where they're at in the bracket or who's playing next, they can always pull it up on their phone. Um, but we're working on like an actual native app. So that will be the player app and they'll, you know, uh, check into the tournament. Uh, maybe they'll use like a QR code scanner to verify that they're there and like present and signed up. And then when they score their matches, they would do that on their device and it would basically report back into the bracket and auto advance. So at that point, Doc could pretty much sit back and like watch the magic happen and uh, play in the event. And if there's yeah. a question, he can come over and help. But uh, that's sort of the next phase is uh, the player app to really make this automated. You know, Isaac, I really love that, that you're thinking way down the road here. And so looking at this now, I think maybe a potential limitation right now, or maybe I'm, I'm misunderstanding, but if I'm a tournament director, I pretty much need a computer to initially enter the entries. Is that correct? I mean, you can do it on a phone uh, if you would like to. You can add players manually, or I mean, you can, certainly with a smartphone, you can edit a spreadsheet on your phone and import it that way. But I would say the ideal experience is with a laptop, uh, just because you have a lot more screen real estate. It's just easier to run an event that way. But I would say, like, using the laptop to set it up and get it going is the best way to do it and then if you need to run the rest of the tournament from your phone you can totally do that afterwards yeah okay i like it and uh maybe getting back to your questions earlier like for payouts and stuff um so in here i mean we have ways to like enter all of your your payouts so you can say like for first place you know they get 500 and if they're in the calcutta and they're 1500 you know you can go in and add that and you can add those to all the places in the tournament same with like if you have a point system and you want to assign points to places, you can do that. So um, it's a little bit of manual work right now, but it gives you full control over like the payouts and exact amounts. And then those will actually show up in the bracket. Um, so once you put these in at the certain part of the bracket where the payouts begin, it'll turn green and you'll be like, oh, this is where the money line starts. And I know if I reach it to that point in the bracket, I'm going to make $500 or whatever. So that's kind of nice. And I mean, you can go in here and uh, add venues. Um, you can add like uh, logos and flyers for your tournament. Uh, you can control the notifications, um, other settings. You can see kind of the results. So this is more of for the tournament director, like this view. You can see the schedule of like what matches are in progress, which ones are upcoming, uh, which ones have been completed. So we've, we've tried to think about like all the different, you know, scenarios a tournament director might encounter and provide a way for them to like look at the, the data to be able to like run the tournament more efficiently, whatever their method is. Um, you can even export the data as a CSV file if, if you want to like import into Excel and, you know, do whatever you need to after the event. Like we totally give you full control and access to the actual data of the, of the tournament itself if you want to do more with it. Mm -hmm. And that's like one of the things that we've been working on with the DFW tour is it's a tour, right? So there's multiple stops. Um, so this is still kind of a work in progress, but uh, we wanted to at least figure out who was the, the top dog, like out of the, the stops that we had last year, um, the COVID year, uh, there was only four, but you know, who, who did the best. And uh, so this view basically takes um, all the stats from those four stops and puts them together. And then that's how we were able to determine uh, Clint Palachi was, you know, the best player overall. And he got the most points using the DFW tour point system. Um, and you can see, you know, exactly how many points he got per event, as well as everyone. I mean, there's, there was a lot of people that played, you know, 218 players, even though it was, you know, locked down <laughs> for a lot of the time. So, yeah. Uh, I noticed no, number, number 10 there is an Arizona guy, Gus Brezeno. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think he's local now, too. I think he lives around here. Yeah, he I, travel a little bit more here to Dallas and get an action. He's got a guy that puts him up and, you know, puts him in a lot of stuff. So uh, I'm not sure if he's living here, but he stays here like months at a time and he goes back home. 
yeah. The purpose, I guess he's living here. Yeah. But um, anyways, that pretty much wraps it up for the the tournament builder. I mean, I'll just quickly touch on some of the other stuff to give you an idea, like how this works. I mean, there's a, there's a whole league manager tool as well. And you can go in here and, and create leagues and divisions and um, basically manage your own league, however you want. There's still a lot of work to be done there, but that's another phase of the work. Um, talking about some of the, the live streaming stuff, um, this view doesn't show up, but if I go over here. Um, so kind of one idea is, you know, can I go here and see what matches are happening all around the world, like whoever's playing, whether it's their home table or a big tournament streaming, like all the matches should show up here in this kind of live view. And I should be able to like click on any one of those and see the full screen view with like multiple camera options, if that's available and the chat and the score and stats and, you know, who the players are and all that. So I think as far as like taking the, the live streaming part of it to the next level, this is one aspect that I'm hoping to, to add to it like sometime this year and tie that back into the bracket so you could have multiple tables at a venue hooked up to different tables and be able to see the score as well as like the match itself being played live i think that'd be cool i know like the um whirlpool championships used to have like eight or nine tables all with live streaming cameras that you could switch between i thought that was awesome so being able to like put all that into an interface that gives whoever's running the event like full control uh, I think that'd be awesome. And then, you know, bring all the players together, obviously through the chat. And um, so there's a lot we have planned for like with live streaming and just, you know, bringing players into the, the fold of, you know, what's going on, whether it's a league or a tournament. Isaac, I think a lot of people are really going to be interested in that part. So I want to take a second and ask a question about how that plays out in reality at least what your vision is so i'm a streamer let's say and i have a match coming up tonight uh, between two guys in arizona and i normally put that on facebook live or or i put it on youtube you know live how do i go about getting that into this interface eventually what would the idea be i just basically sign up and provide a link to here and put in some details about the match and and there you go yeah, you, you would just sign up, create a free account, um, create a new match, uh, put in the live stream link wherever you're streaming from, Facebook, YouTube, whatever. And then, you know, because there's like a social networking aspect being built, uh, that would be published to, you know, certain feeds within the app. Or if you have a, a friend following, um, then it would send them a notification like, hey, you know, Joey just went live. Uh, for this event, you know, you can go watch it here and go to the digital pool app and then they can watch it on our site or you could go straight to YouTube or Facebook or wherever. Um, so we want to make it like super easy for people to get their live stream out there. And the fact that we're building this kind of social network, once we get enough players in here, you know, because it's pool specific, I, I don't have all the noise of everything else happening in Facebook and YouTube to distract me. Like I know everything on here is like pool specific. So yeah, uh, I think that's one awesome benefit we can provide is um, if, if everybody's using it to you know publish their matches and tournaments and leagues and all that, then it's great. Cause now I don't have to, you know, kind of ignore all the other things happening in Facebook. I can just go here and know that, you know, whatever I'm looking at is pool specific and I'll have tons of tournaments to look at tons of, live matches to watch, um, you know, all the league stuff. Uh, I should be able to like find local leagues or, or tournaments. So that, that's kind of the goal is just like make this a pool specific sort of platform for everyone to enjoy. So you work for Google, so you understand about the algorithms, especially with YouTube and Facebook. Would, if, if I stream through this platform, right? So I'm going to YouTube uh, streaming live through there, but also providing it through this interface as kind of a one-stop shop with all the other streamers, would I still get credit for the views that come through uh, on a YouTube or would that be a separate thing? Oh yeah, you, you totally get uh, credit for those views. I mean, we're not the streaming provider. Like we just provide a way to give people access to the stream. Got it. Uh, so it. It's originated from YouTube or Facebook. So you totally get all the views and it'll still show up on those areas and we can even provide a link back to the, the YouTube 
original source um, if they prefer to, to go watch it on YouTube or wherever. Um, so we're just, you know, bringing in all the content together into one place, basically. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. So Isaac, that looks really awesome. Thank you so much for the demonstration. What do you need right now? Like, what could we do to help? What could I do here at Pool Player Podcast? Uh, is it just getting more people using it so you can get more feedback to continue to develop it? I think that's the stage that we're at right now, um, the, especially for the, the tournament management stuff, because that's the part I've spent the most time on. But in general, any ideas that people have um, to make you know pool better for them, I think that's what I'm looking for. But certainly, like tournament directors, um, room owners, uh, they want to like run tournaments. If they can try it out and give me feedback, uh, that would help a lot to to make that part better. And then once um, I launch the app, like getting people to try that out and use that. Um, so uh, I don't really have like a, a beta list, but if people want to email contact at digitalpool.com and be like, hey, you know, I, I, I saw the podcast. I'm really interested in what you're doing. You know, put my name down or, or let me know like what you guys are doing. I'd be happy to keep people informed and uh, hear about what other people want to see from it. Uh, if there's something that they had an idea about a for a long time, but no one's built it yet uh, that they think could make pool better. Like that's what I want to do. So uh, anything like that would be great. Awesome. So from here, your plans are to create a native app, correct? For this, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, basically right now what we have is a piece of like web-based software and it's optimized for a, a laptop, but certainly you can use it on mobile device, but really the experience is better if it's an actual native app and simplified to the point where um, the, the player would be the main benefactor of that. So they can go in and create matches or join tournaments and join leagues and score and submit their matches, see their stats. Um, and then it all gets reported back into the main system. Um, I think from the operator standpoint, using a laptop is probably going to always be the best experience for actually like running some of these big events and leagues. Cause there's just so many other like moving parts. It's hard to do it all on the phone. But for the player, I think that's where like the native app is perfect because, you know, they can, they have it in their pocket wherever they are. And if they can pull it out and, you know, see what uh, tournaments are happening tonight in my area. Okay, cool. I'm going to go join that tournament. Oh, great. It's a digital pool tournament. I can just enter my match and then it's scored. And now I can move on in the bracket and I know it's submitted to Fargo and all that kind of stuff. Um, that's where I think like the next phase will really unlock a lot of potential. So Craig, I want to get some of your final thoughts, but tell me about from an owner's perspective, we just saw the demo, um, break it down for us, uh, how this benefits you and, and your thoughts on it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the last year, uh, as you mentioned with COVID, the, the tour has, you know, it's kind of shrunk a little bit. The size of the events have, have shrunk a little bit, you know, and the software has helped, uh, do a lot of the planning and projections for us um, to, to help control, you know, the, the number of people in the building. And one, one of the, my personal goals is, you know, with COVID and social distancing is how do we keep people, only the people that are required to be in the building playing pool and that have paid for seats to be in the building while the other players can um, feel confident that they can leave the building or go hang out outside um, or maybe back in the hotel room and know that their match is not going to be forfeited, um, that they are going to get a, uh, a heads up in advance, you know, and they can look at the bracket and see, you know, my next match is in round three and round three is projected to start at one o'clock so that, you know, it's 11 o'clock now they can go back to the hotel room, take a nap, you know, keep their phone on just in case their match gets called. But um, so that's kind of the, kind of a, one of the goals is, to be able to control the volume of people during COVID uh, that are in the building and, and, and the software is really gonna help that. I think it's gonna help players, you know, go hang out outside. We have picnic tables set up outside. So there, there can be a you know, lot of stuff happening outside the building um, and only the players that are in matches uh, are, are in the building and people that are, are paid spectators uh, are, are still in the building. And, I think one of the features that excites me because I'm a data guy is 
the match projection time. And you saw in the demo how he's, you know, when you create a tournament, you choose the game type and the game type kind of trickles down into the projections because if you, you know, eight ball games take longer than nine ball games and, you know, race, you know, uh, different types of tables might play a factor in how long a game takes. And so I think the, 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 the amount of time that it takes uh, a match is going to only get better and better. The, the projections for that are going to get better and better. And we can actually start building in uh, smarter projections in, in that if, you know, if you're playing a professional tournament, a nine ball game is going to run a lot faster than if you're playing in a Fargo 400 cap tournament. So um, I, I think the software can eventually start learning from the tournament itself and seeing what the average game times are within the tournament. And then the projections can get better and better for when the future rounds are going to start as well as we have, there are potentially hundreds of tournaments going on around the country using this software all at the same time, you can start to build better and better averages for how long matches take, how long does a one pocket match take versus a, you know, 10 ball, eight ball, et cetera. So I think those, those projections are going to get better and better. And then the, the, um, the integration with Fargo, I think, is kind of a big factor with a lot of tournament directors in that, you know, when you add a player, it's automatically going to pull in their Fargo rating. It's automatically going to assign a race to value for that player that's going to carry through the entire tournament. And Doc, as a tournament director, doesn't have to input that, you know, into every match. Um, and then a, as a pool fan, the, the streaming – one of the things that we didn't cover was kind of the, the as a player, if you want to stream your match, um, if you want to put it out on Facebook, one of the my pet peeves is when I when I watch pool online, I never know what the what the score is, I never know what they're racing to, I don't know what they're playing for. Um, all of those things can be input into the software and streamed and. Um, overlaid onto the video stream automatically by this. So the more people that use this software, the better, the smarter it gets, um, the better it is for the pool community. Um, and, and I think it draws more, more viewers. It's more interesting if I know that these guys are playing for $5,000 and they're racing the seven and he's getting the eight ball, he's, you know, he's getting the eight out. And um, I think it just makes it more compelling to, to the viewer. Cause I know when I, when I load up a video, um, and I see just two players playing, I immediately swipe to the next video or go on to the next one where I know what the actual score is. Um, yeah, so I, you, I, that's the, kind of the, the future of the software is it's just going to get better and better and better um, for the pool community. And uh, it's just going to get smarter. So that's why the, the feedback from the players is important as well. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, when I watch somebody playing online and they don't have score or anything, you look in the comments and every other comment is, what's the score? What's going on? <laughs> what's the game? What are they betting? <laughs> you know, so I agree. If you have the ability to put that in there, look at all the people right now streaming matches on their phones. Uh, that's one thing COVID has done. It's created this, this huge environment and, and not just COVID, the fact that smartphones are so good. I took video at my kid's soccer practice the other night with my new iPhone 12 pro max. And I mean, I feel like a movie director. The quality is so good on that thing, you know? And so I can't wait to stream a pool match on my phone. And I'd love to have a scoreboard on there, some way to, to inform people as to what's going on. Cause if not, it's just going to be a constant barrage of questions or people not tuning in. And so I think that that's a really important point that you bring up. Curious to hear about just, just from doc, his kind of final thoughts on, the software and, you know, what he sees the vision for the future and, and if he's excited about it, you know, what's up doc. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, it's like you said, we've come up so far in, in just a year and, and working with Isaac and, and Craig, it's just, um, I'm just excited about how much easier it's going to be for me to kind of actually, because the biggest thing is I've wanted to be a part of a big tour you know, for 15 years now. And I tried, you know, way back before social media and it was just so much harder to get the word out. But now it's just, uh, we're part of this big group, you know, that's doing the DFW tour. And, um, you know, the biggest thing is being a part and, and seeing the players intermingling with them and, and interacting with them. And 
uh, I don't get to do that when I'm stuck behind the desk and I'm going, you know, entering the scores, you know, the whole time. And, uh, you know, so I really don't get to enjoy the part of, you know, hosting an event because I'm just working all the time. But uh, with the, you know, the self-scoring and uh, the, the future of the, the program, it's just going to make it to where I can actually, um, you know, enjoy, you know, being with the players and seeing them and, and, you know, even reaching out and trying to get feedback from them and seeing what we can do to make it better and, and a better experience for, you know, just everybody. Awesome. Well, Isaac, let's close it with you. Uh, what are your final thoughts? I mean, I, first of all, congratulations. It's a excellent, uh, excellent solution. And I'm excited. I, I might even come out there and try to play in a tournament <laughs> just to see it in action. Or maybe I'll just log in and create a tournament out here in Phoenix. But uh, go ahead, share your final thoughts. Yeah, I'd love it if you do that. And, and anyone else out there who's running a tournament, uh, you know, sign up and uh, give it a try and let me know what you think. And if you have ideas, reach out. And uh, you know, going back to something you said about COVID and uh, running tournaments like in this era, it is completely different and there's a lot more people streaming on their phones and uh, I'm kind of going down the direction to support that too. Like I've made friends with the guys at the playing the ghost group on Facebook. I think they have about 1500 or 2000 members that are playing like weekly virtual tournaments mm -hmm. uh, with different divisions. And uh, they're even like Fargo handicapped. Some of them, there's like APA skill level handicaps where they play the ghosts and they have multiple rounds and they actually pay out like real money. So I've been working with them to come up with ideas like, you know, how can we adapt some of the stuff I've built to help them like run those more efficiently? Cause it is a lot of work uh, for them right now. They use Excel spreadsheets and paper and they don't have an app. Uh, um, so I'm working with them to support like the virtual tournaments going forward. So I'm excited about that. And uh, uh, yeah, I'm just excited about, you know, doing something I love being part of the pool world and, you know, being a player for a long time, but also a software developer, being able to like combine the two has really been a treat for me. And I've met a lot of great people, including Doc and Craig, and they've been like immensely helpful, providing ideas and feedback. And uh, I'll continue helping them and anyone else out there who is passionate about this and, and loves you know, pool and running events and leagues and all that. Uh, definitely reach out. I'd love to talk to you and get to know you and, and see if there's something we could do together.